You should be a monster, an absolute monster, and then you should learn how to control it. There's an intensity to what we're trying to accomplish, and um, you know, if you want to be truly great, you've got to bring it every day. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. You blitz all night! Standing out is a long-term strategy that takes guts and produces results. If you care enough about your work to be willing to be criticized for it, then you have done a good day's work. And then that was the second time I got in trouble with the law. Oh, that's not true. So we should probably stop that conversation now that we're recording. Go ahead and edit all this out. Good morning. Good day, everyone. Thank you for making it back for another episode with us. Uh, we're facing down the end of the year, and that is a perfect time to start. Actually, let's be honest, any time is a perfect time to start talking about goals, goal setting, goal achieving, goal crushing. Um, and that's one of our favorite things. I think that's one of the actually is one of the first things that we found that we really liked about each other and had in common. I don't yeah. know if you recall that. You sound like uh, Forrest Gump. Shrimp tacos, shrimp sandwiches, shrimp tostadas. You've said that before. Yeah. I like it though. It's a compliment. Thank you. Makes me smile. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, Goals, setting goals. Yeah. I don't know if you remember one day we sat in the car. We had met after work and we were like listing off things that we each had hoped to achieve one day. That was just the conversation. Like back when we had jobs, like after work. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like I work. I have a job now. But yeah, like after Enterprise, when you were at the airport and I was at the agency, we met at a restaurant nearby in that area. And uh, we just sat in the car talking about goals. And then he picked me up and put me on top of the car. I I remember that. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you have a job? I feel like I kind of just like have fun and hang out. Oh, okay. Like it's work. Don't get me wrong. It's work. But since it's work that we enjoy. What do you consider a job then? Let's start with the definition. Like somewhere you have to show up as opposed to you want to show up. Yes. So I want to show up. So it doesn't really seem like a job to me. They're not mutually mutually exclusive. What do you think? I think what? What do you think is the difference between uh, a job and and doing what we do, like being entrepreneurs? So you're saying what we're doing is not a job. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like a job to me. I guess it kind of just goes down to what you think a job is. What's your definition of a job? I would say it's something that you are tasked with doing. You must do. And I think there are many things of our work, of what we do, that is job. And there are many things that in our lives it's a job. And there are many things that, you know, I enjoy, but I also must get done. So, like, say, if it's been, like, a long day with the kids and we decided to stay out on the trails longer or if I'm not feeling well or if I've got a lot to do already – building a website, something like that takes a lot of time or, you know, building out a whole new sales funnel path. That's great. But on top of that, there may be other things that I must do. Still, like I must check on the ads. I must run payroll. I must submit forms and do some of the reports out to the government that they require. Mm, You know what I mean? Things like that. Yes. So I must file our taxes, which I need to make our appointment. I'm already behind on that. So yeah, so is it? It is a job. It is work because it requires intentional effort and labor, whether mentally and or physically. Um, and we also use it to support our livelihood. So yeah, it's a job. Yeah, I mean, I guess somewhere in the back of my mind, I know it's a job. It just doesn't feel like a job because I guess your def- my definition of a job is like something you have to show up to. Like back when I was working. 
<laughs> you are working. I know I'm working now, but it just doesn't feel like in my mind, it just feels like I'm like a mercenary and I'm just taking on these like different Guess projects. Guess what? Like Mercenaries are hired for jobs. <clears throat> but it's fun. Okay. I like in my mind, and I like to think. They also may think that their job is fun. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was just about to say that. In my mind, I like to think mercenaries really like their jobs too, like expendables. Or they may be as good at it. Yeah. And therefore, it is what they're really trained work. to do. So, I don't know. Work is anything that requires effort. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It's feel, I feel like I've had some really difficult and laborious physical jobs in the past. So, mm -hmm. I would definitely think those are work. Or I feel like waking up in the mornings in our home with our little ones in bed and me getting to go write these stories isn't work. Like I've done work before. I've done labor into the job. There's a lot of people out there yeah. who work really hard. Yes. So it's hard for me to justify in my mind putting myself on the same level as like people who are laying bricks. Well, I think like that, that seems like hard work. I think what I get to do is just fun. a difference. One, we should not put ourselves on the same level as anyone. No one should put their same themselves on the same level as anyone. Because everyone has a different path and is carrying different burdens. But to the bricklayer, writing a hundred thousand word novel may be more laborious than laying bricks. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> laborious. 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 <laughs> Sounds like a laboratory. I know. Like well, scientist. I've had clients use the word. I'm going to go ahead and trust my clients. <clears throat> so anyway, but you missed the point. The point being, to everyone, different types of work is more challenging. So it requires different physical effort. Hmm? I, I think it goes back to I don't think about myself very much at all. I just think about the task. Like what's the task mm -hmm. that needs to be completed? next there's not a yesterday or a tomorrow there's now and there's the task and that's all that exists mm -hmm. so i know for me since i don't really think about myself at all like not that i'm trying to be humble so don't give me any credit i just don't think of myself at all that is the true definition of humility but it's uh it's not like i'm trying to be humble right i'm not intentionally trying to go ahead like, and just play send it down. a shout out to your mom and dad for that but it's just like uh it's just like i don't care about what i did yesterday i care what i'm doing now like today mm -hmm. so it's i don't know where some people might think it's humbleness i think it's like uh just beating myself down consistently to be better like i don't want to hang my hat i never want to hang my hat on anything in this life is that why you refuse to use the titles usa today best-selling author international best selling you know international selling author some of that stuff. So for people who may not know, what we're doing right now is as we get into this next realm of TV shows and movies and much larger deals, there's agents and managers and lawyers involved now who are asking us kind of, you know, what we've done, what accolades that we have accomplished over the years. So as these proposals are being built, we're having to dig back in the past and see kind of what we've accomplished over the last 10, almost 11 years. So we're like, oh yeah, I was on the USA Today bestseller list. But to me, for me, that's not really important. Like that's in the past. That's something I already like accomplished and done. I'm not somebody who's going to keep on thinking like telling other people like, oh, well, I was, I'm a USA Today bestseller. I was on the USA Today list. That doesn't mean anything You're to me. You're an award-winning author. Yeah, like I've won of awards. But that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, that's done in the past. Like, what means something to me is what we're trying to accomplish now, today. So that's what I we're kind of talking about 
as these book proposals and different things are being put together. And it's kind of made me reevaluate myself, but it's not humility. I'm not trying to be humble. I'm just fixated and focused on being better. But that could be to my detriment as well, because now as we are in these meetings, these things keep on coming up like, uh, oh, yeah, I was on the USA Today bestseller list. And they're probably like, well, you, could, you should have led with that, you know, like months ago when we started these meetings. So I think it's me evolving and being better at talking about myself, not because I don't mind talking about myself. You can talk about it as your brand. So it's not you personally, I mean, it is something you personally put into it, but it's something that like, if you're thinking about it as a tool, for me, I don't think like, oh, my husband's you, I say, you know, it's more like, hey, this is a matter of fact, you were on this list, you have these specific accolades, and they are tools to use in our marketing and advertising to readers, as well as to um, investors. And so if we think about it that way, when we say this title or this series has sold X amount of copies, that is a matter of fact. Well, I think too, it might be because I don't get out very much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm just uh, with my characters all day in my head <laughs> and my lovely wife and mm -hmm. our two children who are six and two. So I'm not uh, talking to other people besides myself. Or if I am talking to other people, it's other authors who have my same mindset, right? Because we just have like a super tight, like I can count them on one hand. Of authors that I would reach out to. Consider questions. yourself blessed. <laughs> of authors who I would reach out to with questions. And we're all the same way. Like I'm not, these authors and I aren't talking about, you know, hitting lists of being Amazon bestsellers and USA Today bestsellers. Uh, we're not talking about awards we win. We're trying to get better. We're trying to find that next thing. We're trying to um, accomplish and tackle much larger goals. And that's where all our attention is, not on anything else. So it's, yeah, definitely a, I need to learn to have different conversations with different people. So somebody who's maybe like a new agent or a new manager who's interested in my work, I have to remember like, okay, they might, they don't have any context. They don't know what we've done over the last 10 years. So I need to talk about kind of what we've built over the last 10 years before I can get them really excited on what we're doing today. Because all I want to do is talk about what we're doing today, not what we've done over the last 10 years. Yeah. So what are you doing working towards today that you want to accomplish? Goals? Yeah. So I don't know if we've talked about this before. I know I've talked to you about this before, but I'm not sure if we talked about the podcast, what Michael Crichton did. No. So Michael Crichton, at the same time that he had his book out, Timeline, which was a New York Times bestseller, he also had Jurassic Park out, which was the number one movie in the world. And then he also had ER out, which was the number one TV show. So at the same time, he was a best-selling author. Uh, his movie was number one and his TV show was number one. And that sounds like it would be a challenge. So I think I want to try to do that next. And we've kind of had just a little, small, tiny, tiny little, tiny little drop, drop of that um, nectar uh, <laughs> recently when we had Infinity System winning awards and, and that's this, a tv show right our tv show infinity system we filmed the first pilot we filmed the pilot episode and while that was winning awards we were also with my latest book on amazon as an amazon number one seller so not the same not same same but just like a little taste of kind of what it could mean to be a new york times bestseller and then have your tv show at number one and then have a movie at number one 
Why is that important to you? I think that it would be difficult. I only want to do hard things. I want to challenge myself, make myself intentionally go out in places to grow. Mm -hmm. That's another thing too. Oh man, let me tell you, I've had a lot of coffee this morning. You should put that down. Had a lot of coffee this morning, so I've got a lot to say. You drink some water. Got a lot to say. Uh, another thing that kind of helps is I'm not afraid to go out and talk to people. So let's just, just establish don't that. Like it. Let's just establish <laughs> that. I'm not afraid. I can go out and have conversations. I was in sales and management, just surrounded by people for years and years. You were also I can in thrive. Six. Yes, I can thrive in that environment. But it's more comfortable for me just to wake up in the mornings sit behind my computer and work on my next book. That's comfortable. That's what I know. It's fun. It's more difficult for me to uh, book tickets to an event or go out to one of our premieres or go to a speaking engagement and then all day be shaking babies and kissing hands. Nope. And nope. That's how you get, that's how you get sick. <laughs> that's how you go to jail. Oh, that's how I got sick and like, went to jail at the yeah. same time. No, sorry. Um, so I need to grow this opportunity of growth for me. So my goal would be to go out more, whether it's to more, uh, film events where our, where infinity system is being shown across the country, whether it's more speaking engagements, like being on panels or going to conventions. And again, just not that because that is, I'm scared of it, but it is more difficult. It takes me out of my comfort zone. Of just being behind my computer. So that's a goal for myself. It's a, it's a balance. I think the networking aspect is will will help promote you into getting the trifecta, the screenwriters, the writers, author trifecta. Um, and I know it's something that we should do because every time we go out and do that, good things come of it. Yeah. Good things happen. But good. I think we're selective and intentional about it. How many times have we run into people when they're like, this is my 20th one? And we're like, wow, that's amazing. And then we ask what else they're doing in between those 20 events in that year. And it's like, oh, more events. Or, you know what I mean? It's not like they're moving the dial. Yeah, we don't want to go to an event every month. Well, we'll see. That. We'll see what happens. No, I do not want to. I know you may not want to. We will see what 2023 brings. But also, too, riddle me this. Should we want to... Like, everything's a balance, right? So even though, yes... I think that I should probably go out to maybe three or four events in 2023. We also have to remember the kids. Like, no, the for kids sure. are only going to be this age once. This yes. is all we get. Well, Sooner we or later. are with them 24-7. We're with them already more than like, probably, I'm going to just guess, 70 to 80% of parents in a traditional working household. So it's not as though if we miss one weekend with them, here and there, even once a month, but probably not a month, once a so quarter. Once a month sounds so much. Once a quarter. Once a quarter. It's not going to be like, we yeah. missed out on their childhood. Yeah, yeah. Once a quarter seems fine. <laughs> what? That's what I'm thinking. No, Maybe so like we know my birthday is next month, so we're going to be doing something. Probably gone. Then we've got another event in March now. We've got an event in April. June. May, June. Then in June. And then November. And then in November. So maybe four. That four is good. Let's uh, stop there. We'll see that what happens. Like we'll see what happens. Maybe having to go to New York. Oh, that maybe might be going five. to filming in Dallas or Austin. Oh, like number six. Yes. And yeah, then, so I have to see. Okay. So you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we're not put a cap on it. But the goal, if the goal is to 
be intentional about our time and every choosing events that are worthwhile. So you only want to do hard things. I only want to do worthwhile things. If it's easy and worthwhile, so be it. If it's hard and worthwhile, so be it. If it's hard, just to push me out of my comfort zone, but it's really at the end, like, what is the end goal of that? Nothing, you've done something hard. That's not worthwhile to me. There are many hard things that are worthwhile that move me towards the bigger goals that I have for myself and for us, for our family. So, um, yeah, so I think that's the filtration process. We have to kind of put everything through as we say yes and no and maybe, and maybe, yeah, so in the upcoming year, years ahead of us. And maybe some of the events we could take our kids with us, if it makes sense. Maybe. That'd be fun. I like my kids. I know. I love our kids, too. I like hanging out with them. I think some people, I'm not going to name names, but I feel like uh, some parents, I feel like a lot of times they don't even want to hang out with their own kids. I'm thinking to myself, why would you even have kids if you didn't want to hang out with them? So I understand that, Maybe their wife wanted to have kids. Maybe. And I understand that, you know, like uh, alone time for parents is important, like, you know, date nights or maybe like a vacation and stuff like that. But on the other hand, I know parents who are like, oh, you know, dropping off the kids at every opportunity they can to kind of get away from them. And I feel like that's sad. Maybe the kids don't want to hang out with their parents. Maybe. I can't imagine our kids not wanting to hang out with us. No. <laughs> so anyways, this is not the parenting episode. Uh, I want to hurry. I want to bring us back in. Goals? No. Well, I was talking about goals. My goal is to to only do hard things. To hit New York Times, uh, have a best-selling movie and TV show out at the same time. Okay. My goal is to get out more and do more in-person events. And I will stop there. Do you have three? Three goals. Three goals. Now, does that mean you're trying to get those this coming year? How do you set a time frame for this stuff? Because people may be like, oh my gosh, because on average, like in the next year. So they're thinking that you're talking about the trifecta in 2023 or the next year. Or uh, yeah, like what does that look like time span for you? Oh, I think so each year what I do is I write down five things that I want to accomplish that year. But then also I kind of have a larger, grander goal in mind. So for this year, it'd be getting out more, which could mean, you know, maybe like four times okay. that we're getting out and actually doing events. And overall, overarching goal could be hitting the trifecta of a best-selling book and a movie and a TV show. Like in any time that it takes to get there. Right. One of my favorite stories, I think I've told you before, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a storyteller. How are you? But this isn't my story. This is somebody else's I heard, and I can't remember where I heard it or else I would give them credit. Okay. So there's World War II. There's a POW camp. Yes. There is a, a captured soldier in the POW camp. When Eventually, when the war is over, the POW camp is liberated, and there's only one surviving soldier. I know this. And the only surviving soldier, they get to him, and they're like, how were you able to hang on when everybody else didn't make it around you? Like, how did you manage to do it? So he told them that all the other surrounding prisoners would always hinge their hope on a certain date. So they would say like, okay, just hang in there. We're going to get liberated by Christmas. Christmas is going to come around and we're going to be liberated. But then Christmas would come and go and they wouldn't be liberated. And some of those soldiers would pass away, not 
necessarily because they couldn't physically make it, but because their hope had died. And then Easter would come around. So they'd be like, okay, Easter's coming. We just got to hang in there to Easter. We're going to be liberated by Easter. But then Easter would come and go. And more of those prisoners would pass away. So what this surviving prisoner realized was that all these people were hinging their hope on a certain date. And when that date came and went, they perished. Again, not because they necessarily couldn't survive any longer, but because their hope had been taken from them. And I feel like hope is something that you have to surrender. I don't know if hope can be taken from you, actually. So when I'm setting long-term goals, Mm -hmm. I don't really put a date on, okay, this has to happen by the end of 2023 or else I failed. I just have faith that it will happen. Okay. That guy's name is Victor Frankl, and he wrote a fabulous book called The Meaning of Life. Yes, yes, it's one of those, like... um, going to give you a lot of insights for someone who underwent some terrible things, but it's I'm pretty sure it's Victor Frankl. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Okay. This well, okay. So, uh, hard eye roll. <laughs> How do you not have that timeline so nebulous that you're not moving forward to towards it? Because some people may have like an aspiration or a lofty big goal um, or a bodacious goal a big, they have these, these lots of different things like bodacious, big, like our lofty would be something that is like just a lot more soft. Um, there I did it again. Uh, no, some big words, bodacious and laborious. Well, it's that's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just how I roll. That's just how I roll. It's been a morning. Um, okay, stop. So what I'm trying to say is how do you make sure that it's not something that always just kind of stays out there? You're making progress. Well, Idris Elba once told me, in way of you hearing it from him on a podcast or something, <laughs> that uh, grinding towards your goal is a lot like swimming. Okay. Or with like swimming, something it may be like a freestyle, or you're swimming towards a certain point. I guess there are certain strokes you could do this, but most strokes you would swim, and every once in a while, pause and look up and to see how close you are. And then you would put your head down and you would keep on swimming for some time and then maybe pause and look up. Mm -hmm. So I think grinding towards a goal looks a lot like swimming. For you. Yes, for me. So Idris, if you're listening to this, I want you to know I'm giving you full credit. This is your analogy, not mine. But I feel like uh, I'm swimming towards a goal and that's like uh, every day I'm kind of like taking a stroke. So I wake up on Monday, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do today to win the day? And then Tuesday, what do I need to do to win this day? And then Wednesday, because ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this, but there is a lot going on. There is a lot happening. Yes, like I can, episode. List, I can list like 10 things going on right now where if I were to take a step back and think about all that's happening, it would be overwhelming. Mm. But if I just focus on the day, a day seems manageable. Like today, all I have to do is X, Y, and Z. That's it. And then tomorrow, X, Y, and Z. So I think it was Apollo Creed. He was talking to Rocky. I forget which rocket is. Somebody, if you know what rocket is, let me know. But he was telling Rocky that there is no tomorrow, that there's today, there's right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of think of too. And that goes back to me not worrying about like what we did for the last 10 years. Like there wasn't a yesterday. There's not a tomorrow. There's right now. There's today. And that helps me focus too, focus Good. on what we need to do. Good. 
I think that's helpful. Now, How about you? We should talk about your goals. Oh, my goals are much different. Well, no, you uh, already said that you wanted to do things that are worthwhile, not necessarily hard. Yes, that's and that's one. not a goal. That's not a goal. So no, what are your goals? That's a filter. So my process has evolved over the years. I think as maturity, life seasons, lifestyles, and also just as I've grown, the way I could operate has changed. So I used to just, you know, write them down, pick different things, and then kind of work towards it. My birthday's in January. So instead of hinging it all on New Year's or something like that, it would be as I enter this new age of me, what are some things I would like to see done? It's more like a roadmap. And so instead of just saying, I'm going on a road trip and we're going to end up wherever we end up, I'm hinging on specific points, some place, places of points of interest to hit along the way. Um, and then as I go a little bit older, I used to do a map, almost like a mind map, and pick out things of who, how, I, how I wanted my beat to be who I wanted to be, how I wanted to be in different areas of my life to sculpt like the person that I am intentionally becoming. So that would be what are some financial areas in the uh, my financial aspect of my life, spiritual as a wife um, and relationship wise in my workplace, professionally, physically, what are some things that, uh, that I wanted to do in terms of strength training or body mass or health, whatever those five pillars were, and then maybe mentally, how do I want to grow my mind? And so as I would pick out an overarching goal for those topics, and I would have sub points of these are the three things that if I continue to build these in as habits or accomplish these mini goals, they will work me towards the bigger goal by the end of the time period. And at the end of that year, some things would carry over because some things are bigger. Some things are a different process and have a different paces of progress. So that's something that I did for a while. And I would map that out and kind of create in an interesting designer layout and then post that up on my side of um, our room. Now, for a, more recently, what I've been doing is choosing something similar but using images. So if anyone's ever did like a vision board, it's more similar to that because we're all visual and we're moving so quickly. I'm, I hardly spend any time in my, in our room where I could look up and see that I have a big whiteboard for like a to-do list for managing business stuff in the section for household management. But it's not the same as when I worked at in, in an office at the ad agency and I would be at my desk so much where I have like my space and I'm working there all day long and I would see it or I had my planner and that would be like the first page of my planner. So I find that something that helps me to make my decisions go towards my goals every day or all, you know, all the moments of the day, most moments of the day would be something visual. And so what I've done is created a mood board and set it as the wallpaper on my phone. So that was how I constructed them. And so I can tell you some of the things that were this year, if you'd like. Sure. Okay, I'm going to look at them again. <laughs> so some of the things were uh, some of the accomplishments for school with our daughter. Uh, in karate, I wanted to work towards my purple belt. I wanted to have reminders for what my reading goal would be this year. And um, I have a picture of The Rock and Danny Garcia because we've done all our film stuff this year. And a thousand hours outside. 
Also, this is more of a... We should touch on the thousand hours outside because that's a lot. Okay. Yeah. We'll circle back. I have pictures of some French pastries because I wanted to work on baking this year. And also, um, I have a quote about from Tolkien because it's that this, that house was a perfect house, whether you like food or sleep or storytelling or singing or just sitting and thinking best or a pleasant rest, excuse me, or a pleasant miniature of them all. Merely to be there was a cure for weariness, fear, and sadness. And to me, that was the tone that I wanted to make sure to set in our home. So for our family, as we entered into the space, we would always find that peace and rest. And visitors, as they came here, they would also find that it wouldn't be frenetic or frantic or sterile or dirty, but warm and inviting and um, a place of peace. So these things... I selected as ways to help with my mental sharpness books. I knew that I would read one, make it a priority to read, but two, the things that I would select would help with spiritual growth, would help with motherhood, would help specifically with homeschooling, uh, film and advertising, understanding the market, understanding psychology of purchase behavior, understanding the way movie money is exchanged contracts. So ran the, the gamma and some fiction because help creating wor- worlds and entertainment and understanding and loving storytelling and all of that also feeds into setting an example for it for kids and to develop a love of reading. Oh yeah, we should do an episode on what we consume as far as like either entertainment or reading because you've been doing a lot of like mystery thrillers, right? I did more of that this year than yeah. I had in previous years. I noticed that too. Yeah, because they're easier. Because the way the story is paced out, it makes you jump into like the next page. Every chapter kind of ends on like a whodunit kind of moment or a new revealing of the clue. So it paces you along. So when I'm tired and I need something to kind of settle the mind before bed, a thriller is easier to do than a book on movie contracts (laughs) and royalties and back end defined term profit royalty splitting so, yeah, I think I've stayed with mostly science fiction fantasy, and we both do nonfiction. Yes, both like nonfiction. Books. Tons of nonfiction. But there's two things you should hit on the a thousand hours because so that was one of your goals. So a thousand hours outside. Where yeah. Does, where'd you get that from? What does that mean? And so, then also, I want to tell them about coyotes. Coyotes. So you tell them about what that means, and then I'll tell them the coyote story. Okay. Okay. So a thousand hours outside is a podcast run by Jenny Yurt. Um, one of the reasons I love that podcast is it's not just about going outside it's about how um, doing things in a different manner than traditional conventional i guess it would be the original traditional um helps our brain development it helps our psychosis it helps with just even development for the kids and so that's how it started she wanted to find a way to stimulate and entertain her young children in a way that wasn't so fussy and messy and requires so much planning and work and toys and things. And she found that by taking them outside, they just thrived and they were happy and they were tired afterward. It helped with their vestibular system and their sense of adventure. And that, so it's this whole thing. So she has a podcast, Thousand Hours Outside, and all of her guests are just phenomenal. And some of them, I was delighted to find that I had heard on other podcasts and she had them over. So I love when the worlds collide in such a way, but from physical development and how we move um, skeletal muscular 
system and then um, just the, the grace and the wonderfulness of discomfort. Um, and so uh, in, you know, and how it helps us to develop. So I knew that coming from a space where I was in an office all day to coming home and just kind of being inside and the kids had energy and rambunctious, I thought, you know, we need to get outside more. And whilst I don't think thousand hours makes sense for us right now, a thousand hours in a year, um, more hours outside is definitely doable. And Charlotte Mason in her earlier parts of her, uh, her volumes talks about children should be outside for like five to six hours a day. And there's a wonderful book about uh, and talking about there's no such thing as bad weather, just inappropriate clothing. Um, you, you know, you can find the right outfits and things to wear in the hot days and in the cold days. And so you can continue to be outside. So, um, so what we've done is definitely started to implement and allow ourselves more time outside that vitamin D, that fresh air. And I think for coming out of COVID too, that was super important for us. So we've done that. And one of those things that we do is we have a local regional park. It's just beautiful. So we go there for one of our homeschool meetups. And um, so even on the days that we're not there, I like to take the kids there to explore the area and just kind of be more familiar with it as like their park. Two things. Go. One, I'm pretty sure I have some of the homeschool moms convinced that you're a train killer. I don't. What? Because okay, I told guys. them about your, when was them about this? your karate. Who did that you, you do tell? Karate. I didn't lie to him. You do do karate. I do do karate, but I'm like a green belt. Okay, go on. Almost purple. Yes. Well, almost purple. Almost belt. only counts in hand grenades and horses. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's super cool. So let them know, you know, don't let her kind demeanor fool you. Jen is almost a purple belt in karate and she's sparring now. And they'd be like, oh, what? Oh my. Tell them I was taking punches and kicks to the gut by other other men in the class. To the jejunum. No. <laughs> no. Kicks to the jejunum. Nope, there's like pads. Men. There's pads. Go. Next. Two uh, and then the second thing was, it's funny because Jen is part of a homeschool group. They meet at a park. And she kept on telling me that uh, there's coyote sightings. So if anybody hasn't seen a coyote, the ones that are there. When I've you say seen it on Looney Tunes. Yes, it's not like that. No, it's not. But have you seen, uh, would you say they're like maybe 45 pounds on the yeah. size of Daphne? Yeah. About 40, 45 pounds, these coyotes that are running around. So she keeps on telling me stories. So I went with her. I go a few times, been a couple times with her to the... With the uh, kids. Yeah. Not my group, it's the kids group. Yeah, the group. <laughs> it's homeschooling group. So I went to the park and we're driving and then she turns off at like coyote corner. And I'm like, oh... You've been telling me this whole time about coyotes. I thought it was just kind of like, you know, random events. They're patrolling the whole park. They kept on seeing them. But your group is actually intentionally meeting in a place of this park called Coyote Corner. So you probably shouldn't be surprised nope. that there's coyotes patrolling the area at Coyote Corner. It is a natural thing for coyotes to be in this area. It is a regional park. It's right up against the hill. They, and this section of the park, they choose to meet it intentionally. It's We've been meeting in Corner. this area. They've been meeting in this area for years. In Coyote Corner, I have for been years. there. No, Coyote coyotes. Corner is the that's where we're area to. previous. It's the, the section right before yeah. ours. Then, but also, we've been going for months, and yes. for the first few months, there were no coyotes. They only started coming in the last month or so. But now they're coming in droves. I don't There's know about people droves. feeding them. What do you them? find is droves? Two. Two. This is 
There's people feeding them. That seems really hyperbolic. So and now anyway, his mother's bringing air, air horns. What were you gonna say? So, uh, then, so the coyotes now, might come and check it out. I'm buying However, coyote urine on Amazon. Some right, some random man was feeding them. You really digress. Okay, so some guy was feeding them. We don't know his mental stability. Whatever, why he was doing this, but he was trying to like befriend the coyotes. Yeah, and domesticate them or something. With the and so in the area next to where we. And since then, that's when they've been coming around a little bit more. Like to see a coyote every so often or a bobcat or mountain lion in the hills, like that's not uncommon. Hawks, all kinds of things. But the way that they have been coming around more lately is what has been concerning. So, yes, one of the moms brought an air horn. We just have to reestablish dominance. They're coming and all the kids have snacks for days. So, of course, they're like, when are you guys leaving? I want to get your snacks. Just like when the dogs like to pick up food from under the table when the kids eating. Maybe that guy who was feeding the coyotes was sipping on a little too much of Aunt Rita's Darjeeling. And oh, he actually thought he was feeding obsessed. geese. Okay. What happens if he thought he was feeding geese the whole time? Who knows? <laughs> like, oh, these ducks. There are geese Why do these ducks, ducks like me? Anyway. <sighs> but now, Jen's asking me to purchase coyote spray for her. So I went on Amazon to look at coyote spray and I found coyote urine. Oh, so I, no, that's going to tell them to be there. I was no, I think cougar urine. I think coyote urine. Don't quote me on this. I don't want to this in a podcast. Man. I don't want this adventure. Guys, I have to edit this. <laughs> but nope. the coyote doesn't, wouldn't coyote urine put somewhere like tell other coyotes like, hey, this place has been marked. Don't come here. I don't know. Why don't you just go pee on it? I don't know. I think the kids are already doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Next. Goals. How do you determine the goals? How do you figure them out? There's so many different ways to do so. I'm just going to bypass that, what you were talking about. So uh, there are this thing called SMART goals where they're achievable. They're measurable. Um, they have a set timeline for them. And I forget what the first S means. Uh, don't look at me oh, you're an, your acronym. It's not mine. Um, and then there are the, the big bodacious, bodacious goals. Smart. Secure. No. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, don't <laughs> I was going to say a bunch of uh, S words. Nope. Um, yeah. What else about goals? I don't uh, know. Have you always set goals since you were young, by the way? Yeah. Again, I forgot where I heard this, but it was like set five goals a year. So when I first heard that, I thought it was a good idea. The month just happened to be May, so I started in May. Do you think it's important to limit and to have focus? Oh, for sure. If too many goals at once, yeah. you can become unwily, and then you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I think five goals for the year, and then attainable goals. So my goal of hitting you know, New York Times um, best-selling TV show, best-selling movie, is going to be a long-term goal, not me. But like in a year, how do you get there? So like, you know, you can break it down like in a year. Like, okay, uh, I want to get an agent. Or I want to sign a manager. Do you backtrack what lawyer. you need to do to make that happen? Or is it as you encounter a situation, you determine, is this going to help me move towards my goal? I think you're giving me too much credit. I just go. Okay. I'm not like trying to okay, backtrack so steps. Say. I'm like putting that Well, I think right that's now. also important. Some people operate that way. They may have a goal and say, I don't even know where to begin. How do I achieve this goal? And so something that feels big, I would say to see you weren't going to choose the trifecta, the Michael, the Crichton trifecta day one as an author. 
Right. And what's really cool about the Crichton trifecta is there's not a whole lot of authors. Jen and I looked it up and maybe you know more. So if you know more, please let us know. But we were looking at uh, authors who have successfully you know, had a, a career as an author, but who have also transitioned into doing scripts, writing scripts for film projects. So not just authors who have had their work uh, translated into film. But who authors who are actually writing their own scripts to go to film. To There's be successful a reason there. for that, though. Oh yes, I found out that reason. Yes, it is so very, it's not as a like, oh, no one's done it. Like, there's it's a, very difficult to do it. So first, let's figure, let's tell them who we found, okay. and then okay. then we'll tell them why it's so difficult. You tell them who we found. I remember. Okay, good. So it was Michael Crichton, Neil Gaiman, Suzanne Collins, and then one of the writers from The Expanse. I forgot which one. Okay. But each one of those not only wrote their novels, but then they also had a hand in writing the scripts to a successful TV show or movie. So those are the four that we could find who went from being successful, like best-selling author, to successful either like number one movie or number one TV show. Okay. Why is it difficult? Oh, man. It was so hard. So I'm learning my own process. What if come to realize too as you set yourself up to tackle new projects you have to figure out what your process is for you within that new project so i've written novels right i understand my process there i've written scripts i understand what that process looks like for me there but i had never until recently translated a novel to a script so i was just you know doing some um pretty motivating self-talk jonathan you got this not a big deal. You can do this. Believe in who you are. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Nope. So I went from doing the novel into a script, and it was way more difficult than I thought. Because usually when I'm writing a novel or a brand new script, I can just float. It's like all my imagination. I'm just seeing the scenes in my head. I'm making myself laugh. There's fight scenes, explosions. People are throwing up. Other people are saying semi-inappropriate jokes. But then when I'm turning a book that already exists into a script, there are, I have to follow like a pattern, right? Like the story already exists. Now I'm just translating it into a different form. And for that it was not easy. It was much more difficult than I thought. So I had to learn for the first time a new process on how I do that, how it works for me. So I got to translate uh, a book that was 100,000 words into a script that was like 17,000 words. So as you can imagine, a lot gets cut out. A lot of darlings were killed. Yes, <laughs> and I uh, understand now why a production company or somebody who's funding a film would not want the author to also write the script. Because mm. I think as the author, there's certain things that we want to keep in the story, certain things that we really like or we enjoy, or we know that readers enjoy, so we want to keep in for the film. But then on the opposite side of that, uh, you have the producers and people at the top who are looking at the script just to make sure you know the script is sound by itself without the book and that everything makes sense. So they might tell the writer like, hey, this is good, but you need to cut out X, Y, and Z. And for me, it was just kind of like a mental hurdle that I needed to overcome myself being like, hey, they're right. They want the best thing for the story in a script. Mm -hmm. So I needed to go ahead and realize it's not about what I want. It's 
about what's best for the script and cut out a lot of different things that were in the book to turn it into a script. And I think we did that successfully. We've moved on now from getting approval for the script, but it was not easy. And I think now that I've done it, I think now I'll be way better at doing it a second round, now knowing exactly how a book gets turned into a script. So, theoretically, you, well, not theory, actually, you had to find your process. Right. You probably approached it in a couple of different ways to you found what worked in the yes. beginning. So it took me a lot longer. So people who are starting out on a goal towards a new path, they need to have grace with themselves. All of us need to have grace with ourselves to try out different methods as we work towards doing something new to try to do something in a new way. Oh, for sure. Like you only fail if you give up. Right. So as long as you keep on trying, if you try one way and it doesn't work out, then you have to try a second way. So if you try like to go around the obstacle, you might have to go under it or over it or through it. You have to find different ways to be able to accomplish what you set out to do. So like with myself turning the book into a script, I had to find it, try a few different things before I finally found something that works. So my process was to, I have the book on audiobook. So I listened to the whole story again. And then chapter by chapter, I just made points. These are the points that happen in each chapter. And then once I had all the points, I realized what I could cut because I can't all make it into an hour and a half movie, right? 100,000 words isn't going to turn into 17,000 words and make everything in. So I realized what I had to cut. And then I would have like, okay, uh, chapter one, this scene happens. And then I would just write the scene either from memory or like I understood like the key point that had happened. So mm -hmm. I would just write the script almost like I was writing a new script. Like I wasn't cutting and pasting anything from the book. I was just writing the new script and that really helped because there was like a little bit of freedom in there. If I understand like, hey, in this scene, there's going to be an action scene and then there's banter between our hard-nosed female and our young male who's coming up in the rings. And that's all I would have. And then I would just go ahead and write that. So there was a little bit of freedom in there. I could come up with their lines. So back. letting go of what you had before, what you knew had worked before. To try something different. Right. And I would like to think, I don't know if this is true or not, but I would like to think that with every book that comes out or every project that I write, that I get a little bit better, even if it's like 0.006% better. Well, if it's even 1% better, 1% yes. on top of everything that you already have compounds, it compounds and it gets you like an almost another 40% better in a year's time. If you're right. you know, just looking at if it's 1% better. Each day. So this Jonathan who wrote the book X amount of years ago, hopefully Jonathan today that's writing the script for it is better. Yes, because that that's yeah, you've written 10 books since. So actually, I know you've written more books since. So if you got 1% better each of those times, you've already improved over 20%. That's just some rough math. But Amen. I feel like I can really relate to you on that. Two of the goals that I've had is to take our sales up another level from our backlist. And another one has been on the working outside. I want to become stronger. After I had Jackson, I was very thin. I lost a lot of muscle mass, but I also just lost a general mass. I was very skinny um, and I didn't like it. So building muscle was key for me. But after working out with the trainer for about a year and lifting, I realized I had to do things differently. So I tried a couple different plans and guidelines and I just like 
knowing my body, my body type, what did I need to do? So I had to do things differently and sort of let go from what I've done in previous years and go ahead and push myself to the next level of discomfort with the heavier weights and the different sets and the different program and the eating and what I needed to fuel my body with to build that muscle mass. And I had to just have grace with myself. It's going to be a transition, but also not to say that I was dumb for what I did before not working, who I was, my body and my goals were all different. So it was just time to embrace a new opportunity. Same thing with the backlist sales, you know, as you're going to be writing less, releasing less frequently, we want to have more depth. And so I want to bring balance to our initiatives. And so that was what I was doing before was okay, but I needed to go another level. So that means if I want to see different results, I have to do something differently. So trying a new process now and, and seeing that through knowing that it's going to take time to set up and trusting the process of letting that come to fruition to see those um, results. And I think whatever the new goals are, career-wise, sales-wise, physically, marriage, relationships, motherhood, spiritually, whatever it is, we have to try things differently. Baking, I like burnt up so much butter in the bottom of our oven. I try to make those croissants or whatever. So I have to learn, okay, I'm try a different technique this next time and see and see how it works. So um, I think there's a lot of a lot of grace, a lot of forgetting what you thought you knew and embracing and trusting uh, a process in in putting your goals. You write yours down, right? Your five. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you have them in a place that you can refer to frequently. It's not like you have to like dig in a drawer to find them. Is that correct? Take my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So same. Well, whatever it is, if your people are less digital, digitally inclined and they've got a notebook. I don't think you should say you people. Did I say you people? You're people. No, you I don't people. think I said if people, if you are less inclined to be digital, you could go ahead and be, yeah, write it down in a notebook. So we should wrap this up because it's probably our longest episode yet. Oh, okay. So thank you for listening. If you haven't already, you could follow us. Uh, links and comments 100%. I'll make sure to comment back. We appreciate you as much as this is to give back. I'm also getting a lot out of it um, too. So it's kind of like a, if you give, you get, and I get to spend more time with Jennifer, yeah. which is always a plus. Plus our kids can watch this in the future. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I got real Future real. kids and maybe future grandkids. How about that? I'll raise, oh. I'll raise you. Don't you get even more comfortable. Folks, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm going right, to <laughs> <Bye. laughs>